you know, when you just look at guys like Gary, Grant Cardone, it's just pure volume. Like you want a high volume of content, but there, in my opinion, should be substance to that content. A lot of people go too quick to the volume game without having the substance to match it. He has helped some of the biggest names in entrepreneurship grow their personal brand. He was one of the camera guys for Gary Vee. He's also now working full-time for Alex and Layla Hermosi. People listening to the show right now who are already entrepreneurs, right? They got businesses, they're trying to make money, and they're like, yeah, I get it. Gary, Ryan, Alex, these guys make content because they know it helps people and it helps their business. What are some mistakes that you see these people making who are not yet big? Ultimately, you need to figure out what... Today, I've got somebody who's actually behind the camera. So many of you probably have never seen this guy or know what he does. But let me tell you, he has helped some of the biggest names in entrepreneurship grow their personal brand. He was one of the camera guys for Gary V. He's done many of his episodes on one of my favorite series, Trash Talk. He's also now working full-time for Alex and Layla Hermosi. It's actually how I met him when they came to my office. And um, I actually wanted to bring him in to pick his brain about how we could do content better. And I said, you know what? We might as well put him on the podcast so that everyone can learn how they can do the content better and grow their brand. So I've got none other than the man of mystery, Caleb Ralston. What up? What up? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. So first off, I'm just going to put it out there. Caleb and I have been talking for about the last hour off camera. It's going to be on the main YouTube channel, some of those clips. But uh, dude, you've already given me a ton of great advice. I love it. Awesome. I, that's amazing. That's uh, what I would hope to do. How's it feel being in front of the camera versus behind it? Like It's it's weird. Like I, I in high school, I did like a lot of vlogs. Um, and like I had a period of time when I was really into hiking that I did a lot of vlogs. But that's like you're holding the camera, you're doing it yourself kind of thing. So this is definitely, you know, I mean, lights, an amazing set, and then, you know, a very uh, charismatic host. It's definitely different. Yeah. With purple hair. So (laughs) great hair. (laughs) So for, I I gave you a little bit of an intro, but um, why don't you tell everyone like kind of like what you've done to this point? Yeah. Uh, well I'm the classic story of like, I was making videos when I was a little kid just with friends and stuff like that. So video was definitely something from the get. Um, I, uh, got very fortunate to get involved with, um, someone, you know, Sean Cannell, uh, worked with him early, like in high school and stuff. Um, at like very beginning stages of when he was like really going on YouTube and stuff. Um, so I got to learn from him. That was amazing. Worked for a software company for like an internal team making like commercial work and stuff like that. Then had an amazing opportunity to go out to New York, work with Gary, um, worked at gallery media group actually at PureWow first. That was an amazing experience. Awesome company, amazing people to work with. Um, you know, Ryan, how, uh, Harwood and Mary Kate, awesome people there and then worked with Gary and that was an amazing experience. Um, learned a ton from like David Rock, from uh, Andy Cranach, like everybody on the team, just amazing there. That was a super cool experience. And then recently started working with Alex and Layla and have learned an incredible amount just in the first two months of working with them. Yeah. So what were you doing exactly for Gary? Uh, so video. So I was like going around New York city or like flying on planes, traveling places with him, filming, documenting as much as we could. And then, um, usually turning around and doing the edit. So like for daily V, which eventually turned into weekly V, which I think is back to daily V now. Um, so doing that, making micro content, like the biggest priority was like, 
you know, make sure we make clips for at the time Instagram and then eventually TikTok. Um, and then my favorite project that I got to work on was Trash Talk, like you were talking about. And so I uh, that I didn't shoot those, but I did do the edit on those. Wow. So I want to talk about some of the complex issues of going through that as a content creator. Um, and, and we'll get into the Harmozies and what you're doing with them later on here. But, you know, when it comes to Gary, <clears throat> um, it sounds like, you know, you were, he, it was just pretty much you and him traveling places at, at that time, whenever you were on shoot, right? Yep. So D rock would have been the the head guy Yep. and you were working under D rock. He would just send you out with Gary Yep. and then you'd have to go edit your own stuff. Cause you were there. You knew exactly what was good, what happened, yeah. all that. Right. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes it was like, uh, you know, like, let's say for example, we were in LA, uh, at VaynerMedia LA, it'd be, you know, we film the full day of meetings, right? So it's like internal meetings, client meetings, meetings with different musicians or prominent people in culture. And then, uh, usually I would go back to the hotel room that night in Jess and start editing, edit on the plane. Um, you know, I would usually try to send Gary a clip, uh, like on the plane while we were waiting to take off. Like, I, I really learned a lot about like the importance of speed um, and getting stuff out quick because the quicker you get content out, the quicker you get feedback, which helps you improve on the next piece. Kind of like we were talking about. Yeah. Were you guys flying like commercial or private planes? Commercial. Wow. That's crazy. Like how was it going through that? Just him flying commercial. Super cool. Uh, because I was on the team for about two years. And even during the two years that I was there, I saw a crazy evolution of like how many people would come up to him at the airport. Right. And uh, that was always, it was a fun game that we would play because, you know, different people find you through different avenues, right? Like you find this, I'm sure all the time, like people are like, oh, I know you from YouTube. You're the YouTube guy or you're the yeah, TikTok guy or right. you're the reels guy. And like, we would always uh, use it as a fun game of like what platform is hottest. So like, when it, for a long time, it was like people knew Gary through Instagram, but after a while he started, and I don't know if you were following at this time, but he was talking really hardcore about LinkedIn and LinkedIn being like Facebook was back in the day with organic content. Right. And we started going hard on LinkedIn and we would see people were coming up at the airport saying like, oh, you're the guy on LinkedIn. <laughs> and so that would be an indicator of like, oh, this is working. Right. Same thing with TikTok. When we started prioritizing that and Gary was like, we want to go all in on TikTok, like ton of people at the time, especially kids would come up and, and say like, you're the TikTok guy. Yeah. You know, like you're uncle Gary. Like it was, <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. One thing we've had, um, you know, we, we just started doing the vlogs, which we're emulating after Gary. Yeah. And that was also on invite you here. I was like, man, like this guy did it. Like I might as well talk to him. He, he knows exactly what Gary was doing. I think one thing that is tough was, is what well, was, and is still the editing side, you know, relaying what was interesting in the day. Cause you know, not you guys make it look like our lives are so crazy and interesting, <laughs> but it's not like that, you know, like yeah. that's the highlights of what happened that day. Yep. And so, you know, we've, we're trying to figure out, man, like how do we transfer like to the editors? Like, Hey, this is kind of what happened, how it should play out and all that. It's tough. There's, I, I think there's multiple schools of thought and I think they're both right. There's the advantage of if the person editing didn't shoot, then they're not romantic about moments that maybe don't actually matter to the storyline. But they, as the filmmaker, were like, this is a cool moment. Like, there's plenty of times in my edits where I put in a shot that I got that I love selfishly, but it doesn't add to the story. <laughs> you know, and so it's like if you have somebody that is not attached to that editing, they don't they don't care about that. So it's right. like they can cut that moment. Um, but on the flip side to what you said, 
if you're the person that filmed all day, you have the most knowledge on what happened, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and one thing that like I thought was super cool that um, D-Rock came up with, just in my opinion, brilliant. It's not super like tech or, uh, you know, like uh, organized necessarily, but it's the quickest way for a videographer that I have found so far to take note throughout the day is uh, he would have, and, and we all did it on the team, you have Instagram stories open when you're filming. And if you are given like some sort of like fire moment, the videographer takes a photo of the timestamp of that clip on the viewfinder. Mm. And then with the story text, you just write a note of what that moment is. And then you can, you know, when you download it, it saves the timestamp of what time it was during the day. So when you're going through the footage, it's just quicker to find those moments in an eight hour day. You know right. What I mean? So like little things like that can help speed it up. They're my guy, my guy right now. He's on the podcast listening. You going to do that? He's shaking, he's shaking his head. He said Austin's he's got it. it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just dropping the nuggets, man. Nuggets that I've learned from very, very smart individuals. Yeah. Shout out to D-Rock for coming up with that hack. Because that's one thing Austin's been doing right now. It's like he writes moments, but man, to just take a pick and then have the timestamp, the visual of what it is you're looking for. That makes perfect sense. Entrepreneurs, if you want to grow your business, there is no better investment than your own personal brand. The smartest thing I ever did was start creating content and investing into my brand. Ever since then, we've been able to triple our business. I've been able to raise more money than ever to continue buying more real estate. And it's all because I create content just like this. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Ryan, how am I supposed to do it? I don't know where to start. I don't know who's going to edit it. I don't know even what kind of setup or camera or anything to do. Well, here's the thing. We can help you with all of that at Pineda Media. We have a podcast checklist that you can actually get for free at PinedaMedia.com that's going to go over everything you need on starting a podcast. But to make matters even better, we'll actually edit your podcast for you. We'll repurpose it into short form clips like you see on my Instagram and my TikTok so that people will start seeing those clips and watching your podcast and in turn being customers or investors in your business. So if you want the one-stop solution where you can get everything done for you, plus get the education you need to grow your personal brand, then you need to go to PinedaMedia.com and book a free call with our team. You can also go get that free podcast checklist and that training program absolutely free by just going there. So go check it out. So, you know, you guys were doing that with the vlogs. Um, you started filming this thing called Trash Talk. And so for the viewers, you want to explain what Trash Talk is? Yeah. Um Ultimately, Trash Talk is, uh, it was a way for Gary to give his audience um, a way to make money with no money. So like a lot of people would hear his, you know, uh, his spiel, what he would talk about and be like, but Gary, I don't have money to start my business or I can't go out and do this right now. He was like, okay, cool. Like this is the way that without any money, you can go out and you can make money off of this. takes time, but it like, you're going to be able to start from zero and go up. And so, um, it was something too, that was super authentic to him. Like him and his brother, AJ would do this back in the day when they were really young. So basically they would go around, uh, in New Jersey to all these different garage sales. Gary V would just roll up to your front porch yeah. and like negotiate buying, you know, like a $2 mugs. item. <laughs> yeah. Like mugs were the big thing. Like mug life became like a really big saying, uh, in the community and like, um, basically the show was showing him going around and actually doing it. Cause he was like, I can tell people to do it, 
but that's not powerful enough. I'm going to show them me actually doing it. Yeah. And it was also extremely entertaining because it's Gary, you know, being full on Gary. Yeah. It's just, it's remarkable. Yeah. I remember, so I was telling you earlier, I got famous for couch flipping and it's been great. And um, many videos, like my highest performing videos are when I talk about couch flipping or I went, I go and interview other people who are couch flipping, like they love it. Yeah. I actually thought about going back into the game of couch flipping and I was just like, this is a lot of work and I've created an entire workforce of competition. These guys are, yeah. they're good. But, um, you know, I did one with pallet flipping where I actually did physically go buy pallets. It's so awesome. I had a competition <laughs> in the so office. Great. I said, I bought all the pallets. They deliver in my garage. And, uh, I was like, all right guys, it's free. Uh, you guys all get to pick a pallet and then sell them yourselves and we're going to go document it. And, uh, that's, that's awesome. been one of my best videos. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I love doing that stuff. I don't think I could just, you know, do garage sale flipping unless, you know, guys, if you want to see me do garage sale flipping, I'll do it. Just comment below. But, uh, I like interviewing these different side hustles, giving yeah. people various options of ways to make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool because you are on the flip side, you are giving a bunch of different avenues that somebody could go down and you're exposing all of those so that people can be like, Oh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So you know, I think uh, just like all the things you did with Gary, like what was it like behind the scenes with him? You know, because you guys were pretty much just one-on-one -on -one together a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time. Um, one, <laughs> it is incredibly amazing how efficient the man is with his time. Yeah. Um, there's very little, when I was uh, filming with him and stuff, there was very little like, moments that he didn't take advantage of and, and use. Um, so like if we were in transit, uh, most of the time it, he'd be in a meeting, like a phone call or whatever. But like a lot of times, like if there was a you know two minute gap, he'd be like looking at comments. He'd go live on Instagram. He'd go <laughs> live on TikTok. He would text the team like, Hey, I want to do this. Or I've been noticing this, or he would put a tweet out or, I mean, it was just like maximizing every minute that he was working. Mm-hmm. Cause then when he's not working, he's like off, you know? And so it's like, he, that, that was one thing. And then the other thing too, that like, I always say, because it's just, it's so true. Um, context real quick. I read Gary's book when I was like 15, Sean Cannell gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I'm going to do video for the rest of my life. Like, this is what I want to do. And so the whole thing of like, don't meet your idols or who you look. And I wouldn't call him an idol. Cause I think that's a bad term, but like right. somebody that I look up to as like a distant mentor at the time, like I was worried, like, is he going to be a not good guy? He puts on this persona online, but is it real? And I actually found that like, he's even better in real life than you can see in the content. Mm. Um, there was a lot of like amazing stuff that like he would do that we wouldn't even put out. Um, he's just a really good guy. So like behind the scenes, it's, it's real. Yeah. What do you think at this point, drives him to just keep doing what he's doing if you had to guess <sighs> I, I wouldn't want to speak to like necessarily what drives him but i guess yeah from my perspective i think what he says like his legacy um people showing up at his funeral yeah um that was always like from the get when i first started consuming his content like that's what he would talk about is like you know he wants he wants a lot of people he wants to provide so much value to people that they feel like, wow, I should go attend his funeral. When yeah. That terrible day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hundred percent. Yeah. I've seen him talk about that a lot. And it's just interesting when you, you get to 
talk to the people who are close to, you know, very famous people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you hear not so good things. Yeah. And then, you know, it's good to hear that he's that way in real life as well. Um, I, I personally don't know how he does what he does still because, man, when I saw him at Sean's event, uh, somebody had told me he was just finished speaking at two other events that same day. And I'm like, this dude's speaking at three events, like headlining them all three, just knocking them out. Probably going to go make, you know, over half a million bucks real quick. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, the first trip I did with him, we, um, it was like day one or day two for me on the team. And we flew in the morning to London uh, for a couple of meetings and flew back. Like we did all the travel there and back within the span of like 14 hours. Like, yeah. and I remember I came back and I was talking to some of the homies on the team and I was like, man, you know, at the time I was like 23 or 24 and I was like, man, this is insane. He's got way more energy than me. <laughs> like I am, you know, 15, 20 years younger than him. Yeah. And he's got way more energy than me. And it's just all like, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. And like, I never really saw it wane. That was the other crazy thing. Like, even like when we'd be go, 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 like late at night, like long day of meetings, you know, there's an event that goes to like midnight, one in the morning, dude is still like giving everybody every bit of energy that he has. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. So, you know, you work for Gary for a little bit, kind of what happens from there? So actually, uh, I started working over on the Vayner media side okay. and, uh, working with some of like the clients and stuff like that. Um, primarily at the time I was really focused on TikTok. So I was doing a lot on TikTok, um, with the agency on that side. And then, um, when COVID hit, we, um, Vayner started a show, um, called marketing, uh, for the now, I believe is I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but I believe that was the name of it. And so uh, it was basically just a show where Gary and then other individuals on the um, VaynerMedia C-suite would interview different CMOs, CEOs of top companies, right? Mm -hmm. Like Pepsi, um, different clients, different people that we're friendly with, Ben and Jerry's, et cetera. And like, uh, so we started creating that content. I was doing all the editing for that in the upfront and then um, a really cool opportunity came. I don't know if how deeply you follow and followed Gary, but like uh, he built a brand, amazing brand called Empathy Wines. Yep. Yep. Um, and sold that. Um, and so I actually went over to the team that he sold that to, which was a brand new direct to consumer team um, within the, the overall parent company um, constellation and worked there for about a year and a half, uh, which was an amazing experience. Uh, awesome, wonderful coworkers over there and did that. And then randomly I decided to move to Vegas and two or three weeks after that, uh, got put in contact with Alex and Layla. Yeah. So, you know, they hire, hire you and like what, I guess what's your official position? Creative director. Yeah. The creative director yep. for their personal brands. Yep. So, and, and just the, the company in general. So like we have a lot of different, um, things that we're working on right now, but Basically, the big scope is like building a, a media team to yeah. create a large volume of high quality content around their brand. Yeah. So, and I've noticed the difference in the last two months. I mean, obviously, they were already blowing up before you came they, along. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were doing great, but I have noticed a shift in kind of things that they are doing now in the last two months. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, 
That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, yeah, they were they were definitely like blowing up far before. Like they're just they are so uh, full of wisdom and knowledge that like, and they communicate it in such a concise and easy to understand way. It's like, how could they not blow up? You know, wealth builders. If you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at wealthy investor. You have no idea what wealthy investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So all you got to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there. You know, I've talked to Alex many times and, um, you know, I've seen his growth in the last year and then um, just getting to pick his brain on the podcast and everything while we were here and everything. And it's it's amazing that I guess he's able to say things so good, you know, in such a quick and easy way, right? Like... It, it's it's hard. Most people have a tough, like I'm having a tough time communicating like how good he is because I noticed him back when he had like 20,000, 30,000 subs on YouTube. Okay. And I okay. was like, dude, this guy's really smart. <laughs> and I don't watch YouTube. I seriously don't watch it. Like, yeah. you know, I'm friends with all the big YouTubers and I just don't watch any of their stuff. Like, I just don't really care. Yeah. And I don't even know how his video popped up on my feed, but I, I watched it because it was a good headline. And I was like, okay, like what's going on here? Like, who's this really jack guy with a mustache? And, you know, I watch it. I'm like, dude, this guy is really smart. Like, it's not just like this, you know, caricature. And then, uh, sure enough, I just started watching all his videos and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to blow up. Like, he's, his information's too good. It's too, yeah. And the way he, both him and Layla are able to uh, make it understandable. They're taking high level concepts and making it, you know, so that like a, an individual like myself can actually listen to it and understand it and apply it. You know, it's, it's not using fancy language for fancy language sake. You know, um, one thing that Alex has like really, like I have picked up hardcore from him, uh, in the first two months is like, uh, he, he uses the Socrates quote and I'm probably not going to get it right, but, um, <laughs> wisdom is, uh, Wisdom begins at the definition of terms and like, just when you're saying something being like, well, what does that actually mean? Or mm -hmm. how are we defining it in this context? And it's just like, like, it's made me completely rethink like how I communicate, you know, and it's something I'm, I'm trying to work on, but like, it's incredible how they are able to take these very high level concepts and make them understandable. You know, what's interesting is uh, I always wonder this, like, cause people ask me, like, so who's your mentor? Where do you learn from? Like what, you know, gives you the ability to learn these things? And I always say, well, you know, I'm in different masterminds. I read a lot of books. Mm. Um, I don't really watch YouTube or content at all. So that's not really where I learn. But, you know, then I also learn from just my own experience of just running all these businesses and going through situations and everything else. Um, 
So I'm curious, like listening to him speak, like especially since he's so philosophical along with business savvy, like my impression is business wise, he he learns what he learns just from doing it. That's how I've seen it. But I also wonder, like, where does he learn all of these other philosophical things? Have you gotten into like an idea of like what he does to like learn versus just always producing? Um, a little bit. I, I think that's something that I'm. I'm learning more and more of, but one thing I have noticed that I, I love, and I I'm trying to pick up on more and more is like, he doesn't consume a lot of books, but he consumes the books he likes a lot. Mm. So like he had this tweet that he put out that was um, something to the effect of like good book or books are like good friends uh, items to be revisited, not checked off a list. Mm-hmm. So it's like, rather than reading 20 different books on, you know, marketing or whatever, like the one that he found the most value in going back often and studying. Um, that's one thing that I, I've noticed, but as far as like, you know, where he is, uh, developed his thoughts on philosophy and stuff, I, I wouldn't be able to speak. Yeah, to. no, it's interesting. So, I mean, with them having already had success, like what, what the hell are you for? Right? Like what, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you, what are some things that you're helping them improve on? Um, I think working with them on, you know, trying to map towards where they're wanting to go, um, taking the the goals that they have, the, the way they want their brand to be portrayed and what they want to communicate about and just trying to build a, a team and a system around that to do it at a higher volume, you know, good quality, um, and maybe a little bit focused on that. So just thinking kind of like long-term across the board and then logistically like, you know, how do we go from, you know, two clips on TikTok to three to four to five to six, you know, so like trying to increase the volume while maintaining the messaging that they're wanting. Yeah. Him and I, I don't know if you remember when he was here, we actually talked about that in conversation because I'm a big believer in volume, you know, and he's obviously gotten to where he's at with more so quality versus uh, quantity. And my point was like, I've tried both. I've tried, you know, one to two, and now I do like five to six reels and it allows me to, you know, get more reach out there. And yeah, you know, does every video not do as good as maybe if I only release one for sure. But I think when you release all of them, you know, it gives you the ability to talk about different topics, get seen by things. And, you know, when you just look at guys like Gary and Grant Cardone, it's just pure volume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think one thing again, one thing, not the thing, but like a key is also having a large catalog of content, right? Like, um, I think that is like, if you look at Grant, if you look at Gary, like from what I have seen, and then obviously I've been under the hood with Gary, like there is a massive catalog for him of content for years. Yeah. Right. Like Gary has his own search engine. Like you can go to his search engine and you can type in empathy or ambition. This is internally. This is external. Anybody can go. Yeah. 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 Um, it's remarkable. Like (laughs) it's crazy, but it's like internally, it's what we use to create those mashups that you see, et cetera. Like you'd find every moment where you talked about a certain topic, but to have that volume of content, you need the proper input for that. So like, I think that's something that in the beginning, my opinion is a lot of people go too quick to the volume game without having the substance to match it. Mm. So I think it's 
like something that um, like you want a high volume of content, but there, in my opinion, should be substance to that content. You clearly have a lot of substance to your content. So you're hitting both metrics, right? You're hitting the volume with the quality as well. Right. Because ultimately, like, what is quality? Like, are you talking about quality of lighting and framing? Yeah. Or are you talking about quality of what you're saying? The information. I think right. the quality of the information is the most important factor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so if you can get the other things in, that's you know awesome sauce. But like, that is not the differentiator in my opinion. Yeah. No, 100%. So I guess um, on the content side, um, you know, we talked off camera, I'll just say here on the podcast, like about different things that we need, I guess, mechanically. Or, mm. you know, with the stuff. So we we're talking about how we can get better audio, how we oh, could yeah. film these vlogs better. Um, you brought up some other good points about just, you know, getting other people on camera and making them feel comfortable. So you get great raw conversations. Um, what would you say just as like tips and things that you see just done wrong on a consistent basis that people can improve on? Uh, as far as like making people feel comfortable? Not just content in general, right? Like you got people listening to the show right now who are already entrepreneurs, right? They got businesses. They're trying to make money and they're like, yeah, I get it. Gary, Ryan, Alex, these guys make content because they know it helps people and it helps their business. Like, this is great. I'm going to start making content. I want to help people. I want to grow my business. Like, what are some mistakes that you see these people making who are not yet big? Hmm. Hmm. It's a great question. I think one thing we were talking about is like, ultimately, you know, you need to figure out what the goal is and why you're doing it. So you said the reason why this person is doing it is because they want to help people. Well, in order to help people, I think you need to know what they need help in. So the biggest thing is like paying attention to what your community, whether it's big or small, is talking about and asking about. If you don't have any, if you're like literally starting from zero, you're not going to have comments on your content. So you're not going to be able to like use that to determine what you should talk about. But what you can do is look at similar people in the space. Not, I'm really not a fan of looking at similar people, what they're putting out content wise, and then just making a different version of that. I'm not really big into that. I don't, I don't like that model. What I do like is going to those people that would, maybe you would call them competitors or like, you know, co-individuals in the same space. Cause there's plenty of bread for everyone. But like, if, if you look at their content and see what comments are generated on their posts, mm. what are people asking them? And then can you create content around those questions? Because ultimately if you're trying to help people, like we have our own subjective view of like, I think people need help with this, but like, I, I it's only from your point of view without the context of what the audience actually needs. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that was actually one of the biggest tips you gave us, which I forgot to mention was, start looking at your comments, right? Like, cause we haven't done a good job of looking at our comments across the the content and, you know, it makes it less people less likely to engage when we don't engage back. And also too, their comments are going to be the best pieces of content that we could make, you know, content for, right? Like they're, they're the topics. This is what people want to know. And, um, so you'll start to see that on our vlogs more with, you know, Austin asking me these questions. Um, because I, I think that's super smart. And you had told me, off camera about how Gary spends so much time reading comments. Like it's just all he does. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know if this has changed. Um, so I don't want to speak to the current, but when I was on the team, it was like, he didn't consume content, but he would consume the comments of content to get a pulse on, you know, the reaction, what the audience, what the culture is thinking and feeling. 
Yeah. So like comments are are huge. I, I think it is as a content creator, I think it's one of the most important things that you can pay attention to. It's right. like in a conversation. Like if if you can't see me like on a phone call, like you have far less context on how what I'm saying is being received, right? Like versus here, like you can get immediate feedback. Comments are kind of like the closest thing to immediate feedback on your content. Right. No, I love it. So I guess for you, you know, you've been around these big people now and I assume you're going to be with the Hermoses for quite a while. Um, like what, what are goals for you when you're on the production side? Like long-term goals, like career-wise or? Yeah, I mean, just career-wise and like what motivates you, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, what motivates me? I like helping people. Um, but I have found over the years that my best way of doing that is through content, um, through specifically through video, um, that's expanding over time and stuff. But like, I like, like, I loved Gary's message of like wanting to help people map towards happiness, right? Like I very much resonated with that. Mm -hmm. I love Alex and Layla's message of like wanting to document the best practices of building world-class businesses Mm -hmm. so that other entrepreneurs can do the same. Like I, I align with that, but I don't have the knowledge or uh, experience to speak to those topics, nor do I want to, but I get to come in and help in, in a small way, contribute to that overall mission. That that's what motivates me. I love it. I love it, dude. Well, man, um, I've had a blast chatting with you. I've had a blast, um, you know, getting to know you and see you. And I appreciate all the tips that you've given my team. I think it's going to make everything so much better. Um, if anyone wants to link up with you, where can they find you? I'm on all the platforms, but Instagram is the only one that I'm actually active on. What, what, what's your Instagram? <laughs> uh, just at Caleb Ralston. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been, been a pleasure. Thank and guys, you so much. if uh, you like this, make sure you subscribe and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. We've done that 3 million to 30 million jump six times now. What are the biggest bottlenecks you see to go from three to 30? First off is they're typically missing. You need that in order to get to usually 10 to 15. And then you're going to need that in order to get to 30. The more high quality people we place into enterprises where there's a deficit,